Hello and welcome to the Business of Authority. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And today we ask, should you use a VA to grow your business? How about yes? I think yes. <laughs> I've, I've dabbled and it's never worked out, but I, I'm getting ready to dabble again. So this is once again, my weekly business growth, self-serving podcast. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, Rochelle, you have a VA. How long have you had a VA? Um, oh, you know, that's a good question. I would say probably about eight years. Jeez. I think that's right. Not the same one the whole time. No, no. I've had, I've had two. Um, but uh, the one I'm using now, who I consider my partner in crime, <laughs> we've been working together for, I think, six, I want to say six and a half years. Mm, that's Something great. Something like that. That's so good. Yeah, it's really a partnership. But I, I mean, I want to be, I was being sort of facetious as should you use VA to grow your business? Yes. I mean, I think the answer is, is probably, you know, if you're beyond the startup phase, or if you're in the startup phase, and you have money and a vision, you might want a VA then too. But I mean, I think chances are that you can use the help of a savvy VA. I mean, you have to have the find the right match for you. Hmm. Yeah, my experience, I've had a sort of agreed to use three. I think one of them never even showed up, you know, like just totally <laughs> flaked out. And in, in the other two cases, one, I sort of a half-hearted try. I was like, hey, let's try out a couple of tasks to see how this goes. And it was a remote kind of thing. And the person was, you know, probably on the other side of the globe. I don't know. And I don't remember if it was expensive or cheap, but I, it probably wasn't super expensive. I'm pretty sure it wasn't. And I was just so turned off by the results immediately that I was like, eh, never mind. I, you know, should have just done that myself type of thing. Uh, and then another time I got someone local who uh, I had helped me out with like work and life stuff. So, mm -hmm. you know, not virtual, an actual assistant. And that was way more trouble than it was worth because for I suppose a variety of reasons that we don't that aren't relevant to the audience, but the one the one thing that really stuck out with that one, which I kept with for maybe a couple of months, was that I had a lot less extra stuff to do than it felt like. So ah. you know, it was like after that first, you know, I had this to do list that was a mile long that had been following me day after day after day, and you know, I had this person help me out, and then it was gone, and I was like, oh. I guess I'm all set <laughs> for, <laughs> you know, um, so like stuff that I had like get behind just filing and, you know, just stuff like that, you know, getting my okay. guitar repaired. It was just like random stuff. Uh. And once it was done, I don't know. I just, I, I, but then, then again, back then my business was extremely different than it is now. Back then I had like, you know, two or three really big consulting clients at a time that paid a lot of money. And I didn't have a million little, I didn't have as many little tasks. Now mm. I have hundreds and hundreds of customers because I sell digital products and, and I have group coaching and communities that I'm in all over the place. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is a completely different kind of business with a completely different kind of, I don't know, tasks and to do's that I think are probably a lot easier to hand off. Well, you know, maybe we should talk about sort of the signs that that you would see that say you're ready for a VA. Yeah, mm -hmm. let's do it. 
Yeah. So I'm, the first thing that comes to my mind is that you're spending time on things that either you're not good at or you don't like, and that you could use that time profitably to invest in growing your business. Mm. So that could be like for a traditional consultant, that could be invoicing, you know, billing. Um, it could be, you know, figuring out which systems to use, which things to post when, um, or it could be that there's just things that you don't like to do. Like for me, I enjoy the process of writing the things that's, that are going to go in social media. I really don't care about posting them. Mm-hmm. In fact, if left to my own devices, I will forget. Mm-hmm. I'll write the stuff and then it'll, it won't get posted. So it's that you really look and say, is there time I'm spending that I could be doing something that I would like better or that would move the needle faster for growing my business? Gotcha. Okay. Now I'm like, I'm pausing because I'm thinking like, okay, what things could I do? And yeah. I, I do have a couple of, I have started creating SOPs for a couple of, a couple of things that I do on a regular basis that uh, I'm trying to think if I could actually, I could hand off pieces of them, mm-hmm. but a lot of them center around podcasting or video, you know, webinars or video, you know, something I have to show up for anyway. And it's kind of like the preparation stuff, a lot of it I have to do because it's me getting ready and then do the, do the thing. And then after that, there's probably a half an hour to an hour of things that somebody else could do. Like I could say, okay, it's in the can recording is here. Take it from there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And just as an example with our podcast, Mm -hmm. we have a procedure now, you and I and uh, Kathy, my VA. Mm -hmm. And um, and so one part of that uh, is that we give her the title immediately after we record it and she produces the artwork Mm -hmm. and she uploads it. She doesn't just produce it. She puts it up there. So you have a place to drop in the recording. Mm -hmm. It sounds like a simple thing. But what I love about that is I don't have to worry about it. I know I'm not going to see typos in it. I know it's going to get put in in the right place, the right time and done correctly. And it for me, just having that off my shoulders is wonderful. So here's the way I'm reacting to that is I just wouldn't do artwork. (laughs) <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> so, right. so, so to flip that around to the positive, it's like, what things don't I do because they're wrote and they, they add a little value, but not a lot of value. They're not the, mm-hmm. they're not the crux of the thing, but they're nice to haves that add that, that level of polish and professionalism. And, you know, they're more engaging and eye catching, that sort of thing. Like, I don't think podcast art is worthless. Absolutely not. I think it's great. You know, for my other shows, though, I'm like, I'm not doing that. So (laughs) if, you know, what would, it's one of those things you just have to trust that it would change things. And I know you, like when we first talked about it, you're like, I have, you have to, I can't not do it. It's it's part of, you know, who I am and how I approach things. I've got to have a visual. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now I'm thinking like, what things would I do? So my SOP for say doing my, my group coaching every other week, what, what could I add if I had an extra person, you know, beyond the, beyond the like, okay, here's a bunch of stuff I normally do. Could you do that? And I'm like, oh, now I've got this extra free time to think about what, what could I do to have this assistance, you know, take it, take it the next step, you know, from, from trying to, instead of just trying to keep up with my to-do list, actually adding more value. 
Well, I mean, here's an example, and this is not something you would hand off to a VA that you just met or that didn't have the right experience, but you, I noticed that you send around um, notices about, you know, at minute 3.5, you know, five, uh, you know, Joanne asked this question and this was the answer. You could have somebody else do that. It's all on the tape and you, you'd have to look at it before it went, obviously. But there are things like that that you might decide, you know what, I'd rather not spend my time on that. The flip side is you might try it and go, you know what, I'm learning something about the coaching process with this group that I don't get if I don't go through the recording. So it's, it's you know, and it's different for everybody. It's there are certain uh workflows that are just critical to how we run the rest of our business. There's others that you say, you know what, I just, I don't like to do that. I don't want to do it. I'd like to find somebody else who likes to do that thing and will take joy in it and do it well. Yeah. I wrote, I, I wrote an email a while back that's in my, uh, it's in my best of for uh, my vacation week which was actually last week as you're listening to this. But uh, one of them was about finding your oysters. And it was it was like, find the find the things that other people hate doing that you love doing. And you'll have this sort of mutually beneficial relationship because the, uh, you know, I love oysters. My wife hates oysters. You'd have to pay her to eat oysters. She would probably not be able to keep them down, frankly. But, you know, but for me, I'm like, it's a joy. So, you know, it's exactly what you're describing is like, find someone... Yeah. So, okay. So now my, now my mind is going straight to the, the next tick on the circle that I always go around in, in my head, which is the most time consuming thing I do is edit podcasts. Cause it's not just this one. It's this one. Uh, it's, right. this one, it's sometimes four, four total, usually three, sometimes four. And the idea of giving that up is very distasteful. Partially, although I would say if I, if there was someone who I trusted to do as good a job as I think I do on it, then I'd be fine with it. It's not that I, it's not that I love it. It's that I don't trust somebody else to do it, mm. which is silly. Cause of course there's someone else who can do it. I mean, that's idiotic. I mean, there are people who do it for, as their main job, mm-hmm. but you know, I've been on shows where other people do it and like horrible mistakes go out. And I get, you know, now that I'm saying this out loud, instead of it just being inside my head, like, what's the big deal? Somebody (laughs) flubs an edit in the middle of a podcast. It's like, we'll send your money back. You know, it's like, so yeah, I mean, that, that would be probably three to four hours a week that I would get back. That'd be nice. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's so funny because I hear you say that. And one of the reasons I've never done a podcast before now is I didn't want to deal with the production. Right. I just felt, I mean, I, I knew I could find somebody to do it at some point, but it was just like, it was just a, a complexity I didn't want to deal with. Hmm. And it's one of the things I love about our partnership on this podcast is that yeah. you, you handle the technical stuff. It's awesome. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think what you decide is, you know, if, if you like doing it so much that you really want to do it, or it gives you some input into something else that you do, but it sounds like you could happily hand it off if and only if you had somebody you could trust to do it. Yeah. So is that a good, you know, how do you find that person? Like, that seems like the obvious next question. I guess you ask around and interview people and, ugh. <laughs> well, <laughs> listen, there, there isn't a shortcut. Uh, there absolutely is not. And uh, actually, well, let me, let me tell you about my own shortcut. I, I took one. And um, so I was uh, working with a client and she had this 
great VA. And I thought, ooh, she seems really good. And so I asked the client for permission to approach the VA. The VA had multiple clients, but I just wanted to make sure it was, you know, it was cool. And so I, I went to her and she said, sure, you know, she would, she would work with me. And I had a list of things that I wanted her to do that started with billing and invoicing and, you know, and some kind of bookkeeping sort of stuff. And we started on that. And then I realized how good she was with social media. So at that time, I actually had her not write my blog post, but the social media posts, I would have her do that. And she was brilliant at it. In Mm. fact, she was a better version of me. But when it came to invoicing or anything administrative, she sucked. (laughs) And what was fascinating was she taught other VAs. And I, I, I was just, I couldn't believe how bad she was at that. So I finally went to her and said, listen, you know, this part of it isn't working out. I, you know, how, how are you feeling about it? And she said, yeah, I really don't like doing that. I said, yeah, it shows. (laughs) So, um, so, uh, I said, why don't you help me find somebody to do those things? You keep doing the social media, but let's find somebody who's really good administratively with systems, with technology. And so, uh, and so I used, I used her to do that. And I mean, I paid her for it, of course, but that's how I found Kathy. Mm. And the irony for me was I said, listen, what I really want is I want a firm. I want somebody where they keep things in files that other people can access. I want a team of people. I don't want just one person who can disappear, which is what happened with my first VA was offshore. Mm -hmm. And her work week was Sunday to Thursday. So it was, and she was eight hours ahead of me. So it was just, it was always awkward to have any sort of, you know, live interaction. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, um, so we, we, uh, she, she searched, she found me a firm and of a couple of them. I didn't like them at all. I met Kathy and it was, you know, kind of love at first sight. if you will. <laughs> and I, I just knew, I mean, she was a grown up. She'd been doing this. She had a bit, had had a business of her own. Um, a multinational business, actually, and she had worked in a consulting firm. So she understood my my client base, and she understood me, and she's very much the opposite of me. The things that get her excited are the opposite of what gets me excited. Mm, that's perfect. And I, yeah, I love that. I absolutely love it. And so, yeah, so, so I found uh, Kathy in a very roundabout way, and we have, over time, built into basically she's involved in everything I'm involved in. <laughs> um, but I think the way, you know, to think about this is going in, you know, don't make the same mistake I did, which was think any VA should be able to do all of these pieces is, you know, be clear about what, what it is you want. Is it, you want somebody to do social media, you want them to do marketing things for you, systems, technology, uh, presentations, um, travel arrangements, you know, and, and personal schedule management. I mean, some people still need that, especially speakers that are on the road a lot. Yeah, I could see that coming too. like next year, I'm going to be doing more of that getting back to that. And it's like, yeah, I mean, a lot of the stuff you, I, I, I agree with a lot of the stuff you're listing, but tons of it I have automated. So that so what I'd, I'd be curious, you mentioned, like, I met Kathy, and you said, when we talk, like, what is the interaction model? Like, do you get do you are you guys physically proximate or or is all remote? No, this is all remote. Okay. We're three hours uh, separated. She's on the East coast and I'm on the West. Mm -hmm. And how do you guys 
like what's a week look like? How do you guys interact? Is it over email only or you have phone calls? Do you have a regular meeting set up? That sort of thing. No, no regular meetings. Um, phone calls are sporadic. They're when we need them. Um, it's almost entirely email. And I, I laugh about this because I, Kathy loves to do things that don't involve long conversations. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that about her. I mean, I really do. So it's, yeah, it's mostly email and we have, um, you know, we have different, you know, procedures and things. One of the things that she's done for me over the years is write up, um, procedures so that we can, um, if needed, um, I can do something, she can do something. There's some things that I still do now that she probably uh, could do. And I sort of hold them close to the vest because yeah. I think they relate to, to to my being able to manage my time better. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and again, I think it depends. And it, I'll, I'll tell you another quick war story. So um, I've told the story before of, of converting my, uh, my email system from MailChimp to ConvertKit. So during that process... Um, we decided we should find somebody with specialized knowledge of ConvertKit. So we found a VA and we hired her for just a very simple chunk of, of stuff. And it wasn't very expensive at all. But what, what we didn't, because it was so simple, we thought, and this is a VA with all kinds of recommendations, we just said, all right, let's just hire her to do this. How hard can it be? And it's not that much money to begin with. What I didn't know was that she only worked in nights and weekends. And so I, w- I would get these like messages. I'd get like 10 messages on a Sunday and I don't want to be thinking about this stuff on Sunday. And it was yeah. in the summer on top of it. And, um, and then she would send little videos about like how to do something, which in theory is really helpful, but I was hiring her to do it. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to know how to do it. I didn't want the video. I just wanted her to do it. And so, and I'm not blaming this all on her. Clearly, you know, I didn't give, I didn't set the expectation right up front because it was such a simple little thing. So I use that as an example. I, I don't even think it was $200. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a lot of money. Mm. So you do get what you pay for yep. in the end. I mean, I don't think going with the cheapest option is necessarily going to be your, your best bet. You want to hire somebody who has experience and can take things off you. So you can, you can feel relief, not concern or annoyance. So, all right. So speaking of not hiring the cheapest for people who've never hired a VA before, like how do, how do they bill or charge? Like how do they price their work? Is this, is if you, if you had someone on, like if I actually found someone or if I was looking for someone who fit that bill, somebody who's going to do ongoing, you know, be an ongoing person that handled several recurring things, like stuff that definitely isn't going to go away for a long time. Mm -hmm. So like I have Mm -hmm. these shows every week, I have, you know, whatever, I have a couple of recurring things and I could say, Hey, could you do this? And is that, does it, is it typically an hours thing or is it like a weekly thing or is it a per task? Like how do people typically, like, what should I expect when I start looking? Well, there's a few different things that I've seen and I don't claim to be, you know, the, the be all end all in this, but what I've seen is a straight hourly arrangement. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's how I work, um, with, with my VA and it's, you know, X number of hours, you know, bill me for it, pay it. Um, if it's client work, I bill it directly to the client. It's a pretty standard kind of arrangement. And what we both like about it is that, um, and I know who I'm talking to, Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
But what we both like about it is it sets expectations. And especially for her, it feels fair. Um, because sometimes what happens with retainer relationships, I've seen some of those, is it doesn't feel fair, usually to the VA. They feel like they're, because there's a retainer, they have to do everything. And the client maybe doesn't give them notice. It's it's the way that it sets up the dynamic. Uh-huh. Um, so so I've seen retainers. Um, in fact, there was uh, there was someone who had approached me. Uh, I don't think she realized I had a VA already, but um, and she had a very interesting you know retainer model and says you know here's basically you know what's included, which is everything, and you just pay me. Uh, I think it was like eight hundred dollars a month or something. You pay me eight hundred dollars a month, and I will do all of this for you. Mm. And then the other thing I've noticed a lot use is they use this hours, this bank of hours. So it's like, it, and this is the worst from I think from from the the VA's perspective. And they'll say, all right, if you buy five hours, I'll charge you, you know. $40 an hour. If you buy 10 hours, I'll charge you $30 an hour. Bulk but discount. You, yeah. And uh. then you prepay them and you work them down. So those are the three models that I see most often. Mm-hmm. And and here's just my, my personal feeling. I would not go into a retainer relationship with somebody that hadn't already proven themselves to me and, and me to them. You know, it's a relationship. And right. it has to work for both sides. So I, I have to say, for this, I like the purity of the hourly, at least in the beginning, until you know, you know, what the work is going to be. Right. Yeah. But if if you can, if you can over time, and time could be a month or two. I mean, it doesn't have to be years, but you could get a rhythm. You know, I mean, I know that there are certain things that are going to happen every single month. And I could, if, if Kathy and I wanted to, we could probably negotiate a retainer around right. those things and say, you're going to do one, two, three, four, five things. And you're going to, you know, you're going to charge me X and then everything else is sort of, you know, a la carte. Right. Um, yeah, you can do that. It's, um, yeah, there's, it's, there's a lot of VAs out there that hire by the hour and have very low price points. Yeah. And that's, I, I don't remember how much it was, but the, the, the two remote ones that I did hire were hourly and I'm sure it was low. I'm sure it was under $20 or maybe $40 an hour, something like that. It's probably, I mean, I don't really remember. I remember thinking it was an inconsequential amount of money. That's why I don't remember it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and they didn't work. So, you know, one just completely flaked out and, and, uh, like, okay, let's do this. Here's the task. And then never did it. (laughs) Okay. And then right. uh, the other one just did a really, um, it, you know, I could have done it better, basically. So, like, then you instantly you're like, I don't trust this person to do stuff. So, obviously, if I'm going right. to, you know, if I'm a 50-year-old person who's been in business for themselves for 15 years and dealing with clients directly and so on and so forth, and, you, you know, I'm expecting to pay somebody $10 an hour to do stuff up to a standard that I've, built my way up to over almost two decades. It's, you know, it's a ridiculous expectation. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) See, I, I, what I see in terms of VA rates lately is anywhere from 20 to about $125 an hour. Mm -hmm. And, and the upper end tends to blur between that and a freelancer. Right. Right. 
and designer so it, or something like that. Yeah. And, I, you know, to me, a pure designer is not that's not a VA. But in the same way, a pure technologist isn't a VA, but you could be an administrative technologist. Mm -hmm. And an when I say administrative designer, you might do like social media designs, but we're not going to hire you to do a logo. Right, 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 right. Like gra like what I would tr call traditional graphic design and not like not planning out your whole brand, <laughs> you know. Right. Right. Or you might have somebody do presentations for you, you know, mm -hmm. if you're a speaker and you need PowerPoint and you need to source images for things. I mean, you know, those are things uh, that my VA does for me and for our clients. Hmm. And you know, those are things I, I don't want to do. Um, but clients don't always have a resource to get that done. And this way I can do it. I can make sure it's all brand compliant. Um, and, you know, they get a reasonable price to do that without having to source their own VA. Uh, okay, so now now you've really got my light bulb going because the the th thinking about what could I have someone do if they were available instead of just tackling the to dos or my my recurring tasks like I'm starting to think like what could I have them do to add value to my clients which is not something I ever thought about before but I'm you know I can think of at least three things right off the top of my head now that we're talking about it so. It's kind of like, huh, interesting, you know, that and that would start to justify, you know, a thousand dollars a month if it means that, you know, I can deliver more value to clients and students and, you know, charge more It'd be because it'd be right. be more than a thousand dollars. That's for sure. Right. So it's like, huh, net positive. Mm, interesting. It really just defined what I think is of as the first step. If you want to find a VA is that you have to get really clear on what you want and how you want to work. Because yep. I think a lot of us, I've done it, we make assumptions that the way we want to work is the way everybody else mm -hmm. wants to work. <laughs> like the nights and weekends person. That drove me insane. Um, and so I would make the list. And as you're looking at potential VAs, share the list with them. And and you, it's it's a great way to see how the VA thinks and if they're all about, well, you know, just hire me for eight hours and use me for this, I'm not so sure I would get excited about that. But if somebody said, oh, well, let's talk about what this list looks like. And um, and have you thought about this? Or they might use an example. Like one of the things that I love about Kathy is she anticipates things that I don't see. So uh, she's the reason we transitioned into FreshBooks however many years ago. She's the reason we, we changed the accounting system. She's the reason we, you know. So she finds those things and moves us there. And I don't have to think about it. I don't want to think about it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I have to think about it in terms of making the decision. But that's a lot different than gathering it and comparing multiples and deciding what, what might be best. Hmm. Kind of reminds me of like, sort of like an office manager in a way, but for somebody who doesn't have an office for other employees, you know, it's like, it's like that person who that's the reliable person. <laughs> yeah. The grown up. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, that's, that's how I, I look at it and how I, I, it works for me the way I like to work and for my business. And it's probably an offshoot of having been in consulting firms but that doesn't mean that my model is right for everybody. I think it's a matter of like in your case, you know, you're doing some really disparate but connected things. And it, if you had a partner in crime, even if they're somewhat narrowly in one of the pieces, then you get a new perspective because that's the other thing. Your VA 
it is also scary to some people, is they look under the hood. Mm-hmm. They really do. I mean, a good, experienced, savvy VA is going to see how you're running your business, and they're going to see things you could do better. Yeah. And a good one will tell you. Cool. <laughs> it's like yeah. a cheap coach. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. I mean, I, I have to say, yeah, a good VA, that's really how, how I look at, at, at mine is she's a really good coach on this stuff. And, uh, you know, and I appreciate it. And in, in our particular case, we've been working together long enough. When I'm doing something stupid, she points it out to me. <laughs> and mm. she's, she's usually pretty nice about it, but she'll tell me. And where else do you get that? Well, yeah. What kind, so what kinds of things does... From the VA's perspective, what sorts of things can can people do, like the listener do, to like be a better customer? Mm. Okay. Well, I actually asked my VA about this. Nice. <laughs> what you know, what what defines that? And um, I, I think one of one of the things she's found is that people will try out a VA. Like, oh, I'll just try one, and it's usually somebody offshore, or sometimes it's somebody who hangs out a VA shingle for the wrong reasons. And they're not, again, it depends on what you want, but there's a lot of people that go, oh, I'll just do this on nights and weekends and I'll fit it in between other things. Yeah, like versus somebody, yeah, somebody who looks at it as a business and is, you know, is committed to it. And then what she said is a lot of times people will then have this terrible first experience. They get scared off the whole process and then they never try it again. Yeah, that's me. Right. Yeah. So, you know, her advice is you got to keep searching until you find the right fit. And then when you do, you're definitely not going to like this one, but I, I agree with her is you need to go all in. So you share your email login, your credit cards, like if, if she's doing travel for you or else the process won't work. Right. Cause you're, you're hiring them to take this stuff off you. And if you don't trust them to give them your credit card, then you shouldn't hire them. I don't care about the credit card. The email is the sticking point for me, but, uh, but my email is not important. important. That's the thing. Like I, the, it would be more like granting them access to a bunch of Slack rooms, which is fine. I don't care about that. That's fine. It wouldn't, they might not need it. And I mean, her point is when you're doing sort of the whole VA experience (laughs) and then, um, and the other point she makes, which I think is good too, is, is to give it six months to a year because it, it, She's found it takes some time between her and the client to really get rolling where it's seamless and you've built that trust. Right. You know, because you, you, I think you go into this and you want to choose someone who's trustworthy, but sometimes we're wrong. <laughs> sometimes, you know, we're just wrong. But what happens is when you actually start to work together, you have a chance to build some mutual trust. You know, you give, they give. And, and you know, and you're each going to make mistakes, but you build that foundation. And then, then you can weather almost any, you know, weird glitches that happen. Mm. Interesting. I mean, it all makes sense. It's just really a question of like, you know, it's, I know this is, this is classic trap, but it's just one of those things like, uh, be easier for me to just do this, you know? <laughs> and, and I know that's silly. It, and uh, like the other day I automated a, I have this like, you know, st- standard operating procedure for, uh, doing my every other week group coaching sessions. And it's like half an hour before the session. And then the session takes an hour and then it's a half an hour to an hour after the session. And since I'm going away, as we record this, I'm going to be going away next week. I, I wanted to allow people to continue to sign up for it even while it was gone. But there was one little thing 
that I did manually after somebody signed up that I had never automated and had never dealt with. It was, it's just one of those things. It's so easy to just do this one little thing when, mm. you know, I, I see the payment notification on my phone and then I would do this one manual thing. It, it probably took me, you know, 25 seconds, but mm-hmm. you had to do it. And there was a certain degree of pressure of, you know, just internally uh, of my, uh, on my own where I wanted it to happen very quickly because, you know, somebody just paid, they just became a customer for perhaps the first time. And I want them to like get all the stuff they're expecting to get as quickly as possible. Right. And if I didn't jump on this email, then they would be, you know, perhaps wondering, well, geez, I thought I was going to, you know, I, th- it said that I was going to get this thing. And then they would presumably start emailing me say, Hey, I never got the notification about the invite. Yeah. And so I, I found a way to fix that. And, you know, not with a person, but with this, you know, piece of automation, uh, you know, just a feature of the software that I was unaware of. And I was like, oh, great. Now I don't have to do that anymore. And people can instantly get access. And it was like, it's hard to describe the difference. It's like, (laughs) it's the teeny, I mean, yep. We're, we're talking five minutes a week if you added up all the all the sales and all of the, but there's a pressure that disappears. There's this like ticking yep. time bomb. Every time one of those emails comes through, there's this like tick, 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 you know? And if I'm going to yep. be gone for 10 days with no access to email, it's like somebody would have to wait, you know, maybe 10, 10 days before they really got what they paid for. So automate, you know, and it's okay, fine. So if I could automate everything, then, you know, take away all those little things, that would be great, but you can't automate everything. But what you captured though, is that feeling that I alluded to earlier of it it doesn't matter if it takes 25 seconds or five minutes over the course of the week, if it's a pivotal process for you, I mean, it's pivotal for your client experience. Yeah. It's pivotal for your business. You, You, your brain is not letting that go. And I'm glad you found a way to do it. I mean, it doesn't mean that you need a VA for everything or or even some things, but it's that it's if you can find in your business a way to take the stressful pieces off you and put them on somebody else who enjoys doing that, it's their oyster, right. then do it. I mean, people just, I, I've worked with some people who just struggle with this. I, I may have mentioned I worked with a... Um, she was a speaker, writer, consultant, had this grueling travel schedule. And so I, I worked with her for a couple of weeks on, on st- working on strategy. And I realized how she's working. And I said, hey, have you ever thought about getting a VA? Oh, yeah, I tried that. It didn't work. And this woman was spending two hours a day, it seemed like to me, on her travel arrangements. Yeah, that's just, yeah. It was insane. And, and, and I thought, yeah, she needed to do it all herself. And she was constantly frazzled. And that just, to me, that's a recipe for disaster. And some, you know, the right VA could pull that all off her and ease her, her mind. And, and she was a very healthy six-figure earner. This was not somebody just starting out. Hmm. Okay, so <laughs> where do you look? I, ha- I have to do it. I have to do it because you're described like there. I'm not really I'm a control freak about a, a short list of things. And there's I'm, you know, and it's and it's mostly the stuff where you couldn't swap me out, you know, like writing my daily email or showing up to do a podcast or doing a coaching, you know, like that's that's my job. Mm-hmm. Like that's the, those are right. things I do for my job. So there are there's a constellation of things that that sort of circle around that stuff that I don't care about at all. I just want them done. 
I mean, I care about them, but you know what I mean? I don't care about right. doing them. Right. I just want them done. I, I want to be confident that they are done in a way that is, you know, not, not brand damaging. Like the, it, it just needs to get done. I need to just not even worry about it. And in, for any reason, like that it's not getting done or that it's getting done to a poor standard or something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, where do you look? You just ask around, you ask your friends or, you know, is there some, you know, does, does like, do, where do the Cathy's of the world hang out? Okay. So I just want to go back to something I said earlier, because I think it's really important before the search, which is to get really clear on what it is that you want to offload Mm -hmm. and how you want to work, because that will help you say yes or no really quickly to certain VAs. Um, So um, there's a few places you want to look. The first thing is, is ask the people that you know, that use virtual assistants. And I would say, don't worry about having somebody in person because it really, it, it, it's not that critical typically. And then you're restricting yourself to whoever's in your backyard. And and you ask, you say, you know, who do you use? Who have you heard about? I would ask in social media. I mean, you'll get some stuff you don't want to deal with, but it's not bad. Um, and inevitably somebody will say, oh, contact so-and-so at this place. Um, I, I keep, and I'll share this with you if you like, I keep a, a little uh, Twitter list of VAs that I've come across. They're not vetted in any way. They just looked interesting to me. Mm. Um, I always keep that list because you never know. Um, the other thing you can do, de- again, depending on um, what you want to use them for, I'll give you an example. I mentioned that ConvertKit VA. You can go to the site of, of the technology that you use, and some of these organizations will have uh, vetted VAs attached to their site. So you can go through and you can look at their credentials and you have a whole bunch of them all together. Hmm. And that's awesome. Cause it's, it's kind of like shopping, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, I would say, you know, look, I don't want to say look long and hard when you find the right person, you pull the trigger, but I, you know, you're not necessarily going to find somebody in a week. It, it's going to take a little bit of, of picking. But again, mm. I would also uh, put something in LinkedIn because people tend to respond to that sort of thing there. Yep, there are also sense. there are VA groups that you can join and you can see the profiles of people who are VAs. Uh, and I'm talking about LinkedIn now. Um, so there, there are ways that you can find them. There are also um, a handful of multi-VA organizations. Um, you know, I looked at some of those it's going back a while now, but I looked at, at um, a couple and kind of kicked the tires on those because I thought that's what I wanted and then decided I didn't. Um, and the, the caveat I would say is is be careful with offshore. And it's not that you can't use them. I, I've used them very successfully um, until the skill set didn't match up. But you, you just I would go into offshore with references so that of someone you know. So that you don't, you know, you, you have a, a trust factor up front because it's really hard to get somebody, when I say get somebody, <laughs> say that a different way. Yeah. It's really hard to um, to follow up if somebody does something inappropriate in your business if, if they're offshore. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And I, I mean, I can't even imagine worrying about that. But on some level, you have to. I mean, an example is financial advisors that have proprietary data and and very confidential client information, they've got to make sure that that information is safe. And at the same time, they need to trust a VA. So, you know, it's you can't see my my hands, but I'm doing the scale movement. I mean, you have to balance those things. 
Right. Yeah. Yep. Well, and just remember that you get what you pay for. Yeah. I think that's the, that's the, the key for me. It's like, it's like, how do you, you just have to take the plunge kind of, it's like, yeah, you know, just try it and, and hopefully it works, you know, but you're right. Be clear about what you're looking to get done, looking to hand off clear about how you want to work and, you know, don't cheap out because <laughs> you're going to get well, what you pay for. Yeah. And, and pick somebody who feels trustworthy and, you know, everybody looks at that differently. I mean, I wanted somebody who I feel like I'm a grown up most of the time <laughs> and I wanted a VA who was a grown up. I didn't want somebody and, and I'm not talking about age. I'm talking about experience. I didn't want somebody where this was their first rodeo. I wanted somebody who could deal with like if I had a difficult client and and she took the call or or got some kind of feedback on something. I wanted to make sure that she could handle that. Mm. That's, that was important to me. And I wanted somebody who could think, you know, one or two or three steps ahead administratively because my mind doesn't really work that way on administration. I wanted somebody who could see the things that I couldn't. And because we work on an hourly basis, when she does a lot for me, my bills are big. And when she does less for me, my bills are smaller. And so I like that. It it goes with the ebb and, and flow of my business. Cool. Well, color me VA curious. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll need to rename this episode. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to start experimenting. <laughs> I mean, I, th I think the key is, yeah, I mean, look and see who's out there. And when I say try them on for size, I don't mean hire them. I mean, really pour over their site mm -hmm. and and reach out and see what they suggest as, as a startup. For me, a red flag is when they say, I want you to buy this bank of ours before we do anything. I personally, I, I don't like it. I don't trust it. I'd rather, um, let's start with a project. Let's start with, I'm going to ask you to do X and let's work on that. And let's have a mutual discussion after X is done and see how it went mm -hmm. and then decide what we want to do. And so, you know, you, you go into it a step at a time, um, whole hog in the sense that you treat this person as though this will be a long relationship, but you do it, you know, a step at a time. You, you don't, you know, you don't get married before you've, you know, been engaged for a while. Right. Right. Well, I'm, I'm biting my tongue about the hourly thing. So, so just, I know. <laughs> but I this totally isn't, uh, yeah, this is not advice for how VAs could perhaps increase their profitability. So in fact, that's, it's fine with me if they never figure that out. Uh, <laughs> but if you do want to listen to ditching hourly, you might get a few ideas. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, but that, I mean, that all makes sense. That's like, it's like, um, I mean, one of the places where hourly is, it's one of the places where hourly shines is when people are, it's, they don't really know what they want. I mean, you know, you know what you want to hand off, but you don't know if you're going to trust this person to do it or the level of how much work it's going to be for you to even hand it off. And, you know, it's exactly. kind of like this, it's, it's kind of an okay back and forth. So I'll give you that. It's but. hard to link it to an outcome. I, I've worked with Kathy long enough that we could probably hook things to an outcome. Mm. There's a lot of trust and there's a lot of mutual experience. So we know kind of what we're doing. Um, but I think at the beginning, it's really hard for a VA to, to time that unless it's a project. I mean, there are VAs who do product launches and they're yeah. very specific and they're flat fees. And I think that's great. Yeah, that's where um, I use value pricing is on projects only. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, but, it's tough to do with this other stuff. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's funny. I think it's partially, perhaps it's just my background, but I don't like the idea of a variable monthly cost. I would rather have them do nothing for me an entire month and me still pay them a grand and be like, uh, man, I really got to get on. You know what I mean? Like that to me, that's the fire is to like, make sure I'm handing stuff off to them. Cause the money's going out the window one way or the other. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't like the idea of like, oh man, surprise bill for $3,000 at the end of the month or whatever. Cause like, oh geez, I guess the meter was really running. Yeah. I mean, it, it goes back to, you have to decide how you want to work. And in this case, you know, how you want to pay. I mean, it's what's going to work for you and what you can negotiate with, with the VA. Mm-hmm. There's no, you know, there's no like one way to do this. Yep. Cool. All right. So there, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> Just be <VA> curious. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. No, I think there's some, I, there's some, some helpful advice in there for me anyway, and maybe some people listening, you know, how to, you know, the signs of whether or not you need someone, uh, perhaps how to find someone, you know, it's not easy, but some steps to go through to find them. And then, uh, you know, what not to do as a customer of a VA. Yeah. Be, be a good guy or gal. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Is that, uh, is that it for this week? Did we leave anything out? I think that wraps it up on VAs for today. All right. Well, I'll report back as we, as I go through the uh, experimentation phase. Awesome. <laughs> I feel like I'm in college again. <laughs> <laughs> the term paper will be due in two weeks. Excellent. All right, folks, that's it for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And we hope you join us again next time for the Business of Authority. Bye. Bye-bye.